0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the How to Chess Season 3 finale. This one is a solo pod. What I would like to do for this particular episode is try to tie together what I consider to be the major themes of this series of interviews, as well as to talk about my own chess role models, because I have certainly had some important people help my chess journey along the way. So let's get into it. So in pre-computer days, chess was about received knowledge. Part of its great legacy is knowledge being passed down from generation to generation, often firsthand, often with someone that you know, but of course also from books. Um, And players like Grandmaster Alex Yermolinsky, who of course grew up in St. Petersburg, Leningrad during Soviet times. And he said that the secret of the Soviet school and the reason that they dominated chess in the 20th century was not because of the specific lessons they were taught. There was no actual secret, but because of the chess culture that permeated everything that they did. At the famed Palace of Pioneers, which were these uh, state-sponsored community centers where kids were taught various things, Uh, they got free lessons and game analysis with uh, titled and strong players. But just as importantly, they had a community of peers there um, so I've done interviews where people like Jermalinski and Mikhail Kraus and co. talked about, it wasn't so much that there were these super structured lessons, but it was just that you had all this time with other people curious about chess and you pursued it together uh, and learned together. Now, here in the modern era, 2023, obviously a lot has changed and you have the incredible ability to learn with digital tools like Chessable. Shout out to Chessable for sponsoring this pod. But also, of course, Chess.com, Leechess, Stockfish. Uh, There's just so many learning tools where you can sit at home and learn on your own. But of course, that doesn't mean that community is less important in chess. In fact, I think it's just as important as ever. And it's that communal ethos of chess that part of that is what makes me love the game. And that's what I was kind of trying to hope, hoping, excuse me, to tap into here in season three of How to Chess. Now, in terms of the interviews that I did, I felt like there were three sort of themes of types of role models that people centered on, and I didn't try to give too much guidance for what people selected. So number one is, as we talked about, community. So someone like international master Alex Astani talked about his coach growing up in Spain. Uh, Alex Banzia also had some influential coaches in his native Romania. And even Laura Smith, she didn't highlight one person, but her dad was a chess player. And she drew inspiration from a lot of the people around the New York chess scene, who of course, someone like Irina Crush became quite well known. Um, But at the time, Irina was just a strong young player. Um, so community players helped a lot in a lot of people's cases. And then there's, of course, the beasts, the the famous players that you might study on your own and try to emulate from afar. Kasparov, who Jordan Van Fares talked about and Sokolov talked about. Um, and then there's Judith Polgar, of course, whose name is always going to come up. Uh, Luciana Morales talked about her. Laura Smith talked about her um and those are two of my favorite players as well super fun players to study obviously dynamic styles uh, lots of open sicilians so i've seen my share of, of their games as well and then you have the sort of lesser known role models uh the ono zone ono talked about his love for end games so he's um looked up to people like keith arkel and uh i mean olaf anderson obviously not a lesser known player but not not the first player you might select as someone who's your role model, unless, of course, you're, you like end games like Ono does. Um, Yuri Kriken, of course, highlighted the idea of uh, picking model players for given openings. And that's another way that you can have a role model that you never met. Um, but I think most commonly, it's nice to just have someone from your own community. Um, So my own chess role models, number one, people who've listened to me over the years know that I went to the same schools as uh, or school as the Shahadis, as International Master Greg Shahadi and uh, Jen Shahadi, um, and learned a lot from them as well as their dad, Mike Shahadi, who is a FIDE master. A few things to observe is Greg would study his openings in incredible detail. Um, he would just, he always, he's talked about this in interviews, but I noticed this from an early age. He would always just try to learn one more move, one more move with every line that he played. We used to play a lot of casual blitz. And when we played, we were dashing out like, you know, 17 to 20 moves of theory, um, because we played against each other a lot. So we would just keep sort of upping the bar and learning more. Uh, I also learned a lot of dirty tricks from his uh, blitz stylings, although I was never as good at uh, emulating him in that regard. Uh, Mike Shahadi was a local role model who gave lessons to Greg and I occasionally, and it was funny, he had a lot different style than Jennifer and Greg, who are attacking players. He used to always joke, he just said, I take their men off, meaning he just removes A piece from the board, piece by piece, slowly outplays you until you don't have any pieces left. Um, Shout out to Jen Shahadi, of course. She actually was not a role model for me because I'm a few years older than her. And as she has talked about, she was a bit of a late developer in chess. She kind of exploded um, when I was already away at college. But obviously today, she is one of the chess world's great uh, advocates and ambassadors. I also wanted to talk about current role models. I'm a 40-something dad. Um, last year, I got to interview International Master Dean Eppolito. Um, He's from my generation. And uh, he talked about how he's still pursuing the Grandmaster title. He feels like he should have gotten it earlier, and that motivates him to continue to work. And I was recently at the at least 21 tournament in the Charlotte Chess Center, uh, a great, uh, great tournament to attend for any adult player, a lot of fun, relaxed atmosphere. But Dean was playing in that, so I got to see him up close. And he takes a very professional approach. I mean, he's really, he's thinking at the board every minute. Um, and he won that tournament. I actually had a, a close game with him. But it was fun to see Dean in action. And I definitely draw inspiration from how hard he's working at chess, even with a uh, Tons of other responsibilities. And there are many other, um, I don't know if you'd call them older, but 40 something, 50 something players. Uh, I love to see Ivan Chuk still competing, Michael Adams, Viswanathan Anand, of course, famously won at the World Rapid and Blitz in his late 40s. Uh, And then you have, as we talked about with Luciana Morales, someone like Nona Gaprindashvili, the former women's world champion she's still playing tournaments in her 80s. So to me, someone like that is obviously a role model as well. So those were some of my influences, but I wanted to leave you all with three lessons from this season. I hope that you enjoyed season three of How to Chess. Um, number one, your chess role model doesn't have to be famous. I mean, if your friends with a famous player, great. Um, but If you're rated 1600, your role model can be a local player rated 1800 who just sort of shows you the ropes, shows you how to to try to get to that next level. It can even be someone rated 1500. If they know a certain opening better than you, there might be aspects of their game that you can learn from, even if you're overall possibly a slightly stronger player. Uh, The second point I wanted to highlight is that your role model can change over time. You can have more than one role model. You can have one a certain role model for one opening, another role model for another. You might study Kasparov to learn the King's Indian and Kramnik to learn the Catalan. Maybe you study Rubenstein to learn Endgames. Whatever it may be, there's plenty of people to draw inspiration from, but it can be fun to really sort of zoom in on a particular person, even if you haven't met them. Um, And number three, in the process of learning um, from a role model, it can be some, especially in the case where it's someone in your community you might learn things beyond the chess world i mean in the the stories that alex astani told just sort of this curiosity and this drive and this generosity of spirit that he described in his coach um devoting all these hours to helping them improve and pushing forward his own game by doing blindfold exercises when they played. So uh that's something, you know, as a dad, that passion and curiosity is really what you want to see and what you want to develop. And obviously we'd all we all would prefer that our ratings be higher, but whatever happens with our ratings, to to have that that um that fire within us to get better at something I feel like is the uh, the ultimate goal of chess to have it be a lab where we work hard on this thing and we can measure it and we see how it goes and even if the measurement doesn 't come out the way we want in chess it 's a skill that we can then uh, bring to other aspects of life so that's those are my main thoughts about chess role models. I hope you guys enjoyed this slightly different approach to how to chess. Please do let me know what you all thought of it. And I just wanted to thank Chessable again for producing it. Obviously check out the content of the many um, great Chessable presenters that I interviewed. Um, I have a recommendation list of some of my favorite Chessable courses that I will link to, and it's constantly changing because I do like to keep up with uh, with their content. So um, thanks again for listening slash watching. I hope you all enjoyed How to Chess, and I will catch you all soon.